Denver, Denver, I'm from Denver, 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 I'm from Denver, 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 I'm from Hello, Denver Diatribe listeners. This is Jared. This week we're trying something new. We're featuring another local Denver podcast in our feed. And we're doing this because we're taking a few weeks off after the very fun live event we did at the Laugh Track Comedy Festival. We're going to be focusing our energy on establishing a new recording location. We have a very cool arrangement in the works, so stay tuned for a future announcement on that. And thank you all for your notes of support and encouragement. It has given us the motivation to keep at it. So we're working on scheduling out a whole new slate of episodes for the coming months to make sure we deliver this podcast into your ear each week, smothered in delicious green chili, on time and with a quality to which you've become accustomed. But in the meantime, we want to feature some other great Denver-based podcasts like the These, Th- the These Things Matter podcast. It's kind of hard to say. It's by local comedians Kevin O'Brien and Taylor Gonda. So check it out. You can subscribe to These Things Matter by searching for them on iTunes. And any other local podcasts you think we should feature, go to denverdiatribe.com and let us know. Thanks. A while back, Dick Barry and I agreed that what really matters is what you like, not what you are like. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the fucking truth. Welcome to These Things Matter, the podcast where we talk about pop culture autobiographically. I'm Kevin O'Brien. And I'm Taylor Gonda. And today we're going to be talking about The Road. The Road. The, the mythic, the romantic, <laughs> The Road. <laughs> he can't help himself, Kevin. And he, honestly, I want to keep this intro going as long as possible to see if he <laughs> <Sorry>. doesn't speak. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a it's miracle a if we can go longer than 20 seconds. I don't know, man. Without him jumping in. But well, now I think he feels intimidated. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> And this mythical beast that we're speaking of yes. is local comedian Sam Talent is our guest today to hey talk everybody. about the Hi, Sam. And I want to have Sam on because he's probably the biggest road dog <laughs> road I know. Dog. I'm also the biggest Cormac McCarthy fan, you know. Oh, so this works. look at that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It represents what? <laughs> I don't know. Why isn't there an ending on this book? We're going to get to the bottom of it today. <laughs> all, I know, all I know is the sentences are too long, and no. I fell asleep halfway no, through. No, it's not. It's the not, not Faulknerian in nature, really. <laughs> it's more of an Erskine Caldwell. Oh, ah, <laughs> yes. Somebody went to Metro for 12 semesters. No, I just love Southern Gothic literature. Mm. Sam and I have had very, O'Connor, very deep yeah. discussions yeah. about deep Flannery subjects. O'Connor School is just like everything she ever wrote about had to do with religion and God, which gets kind of old after a while. Hmm. Oh, that's that Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. Sticks with you. But Carson McCullers, she wrote some really great stuff that had to do with like the weirdest, weirdest people ever, as hmm. did Erskine Caldwell, which you can see the progression of William Gay from there. Hmm. William Gay is our best Southern Gothic uh, writer. Dude, I got to write Contemporary right now. Are you working on a dissertation right now? No, dude. I just had a The Road joke, and it, this is where we've gotten. <laughs> this is how far we've come. Is it all there. the books that you read while you're out on the road? It's because he, he, took, could work. he took Goodwill Hunting to heart, and he just went to the library. Does that explain the coveralls the you're wearing right now? <laughs> I'm wearing two things right now. <laughs> I'm wearing a T-shirt. One's a smile. Yeah, well, I'm always wearing that, unless I'm asleep. No, I'm wearing Bulwark brand fire-resistant coveralls, and then I'm also wearing Your official a, sponsor? Yes, they are, along with Dram Apothecary. 
What what is that? Well, that's just up the road, isn't it? Yeah, Shay Whitney makes uh, bitters, and she pays me to say stuff. Mm. By pays me, I mean she gives me some bitters every now and then. And you just drink that straight to catch a buzz, or no, just to get back to normal. <laughs> Just to get rid of Are the you DTs. shooting up? Are you mainlining the bitters? No, I like to put it on tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. a little freebase. No, Kev, we Good should morning. tell we should tell people who Sam is. What he what he does? He's a. Well, let's get into that, right? but then we got oh, we got sidetracked, we got sidetracked oh, okay. on Southern Gothic Sorry. literature, which Sorry. actually was way more stimulating. That's true. than any of Sam's credits. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Sam Talon is a local stand-up comedian, member of the Fine Gentlemen's Club. Indeed. And he's really good at shilling CDs he makes in his house for $5 (laughs) on the road. And by house, I mean uh, refuge for runaways. Yeah, wherever I've crashed that week. (laughs) Pretty much. Sam uh, is a local stand-up comedian, good friend of mine, and probably... Uh, the most weathered road dog, twenty-five-year-old on the planet. Yeah, I look bad. <laughs> That's not what he's. I'm saying. very haggard. <laughs> you should, my, no, my like right now, my eyes. I have really deep, weird circles. Like my eyes were stung by bees. You look like a roadie for Motorhead or something. Like you look like you you spent a few years on the I pref- road. I prefer saliva. I want to keep it relevant. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Click, click, pull. I couldn't make it. (laughs) Click, click. Look at you growing up in Nebraska. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All we had was Uh, MTV, and it was either Saliva or Some 41. mm -hmm. Some 41. Some 41. Oh, God. They were definitely. Hey, give me a break. All right. I was 15. (laughs) Yeah. But part of your, your road doggedness is from being in a band, right? Yeah, I've, well. been, I've been in a band. Several Red, bands. Red right? versus, I mean, yeah, but I've been in Red versus Black uh, since 07. Hmm. And we're at a two-piece noise rock band. And we've been on the road a whole bunch. Hmm. So you guys have been there five years now? Yeah, Clay D moved to Ithaca. He's the bass player. And then I moved out there because why not, right? <laughs> what are we going to do, go to college some more? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you moved for love. I did. Love of the game. And uh, and him and I slept face to face on a floor in an anarchist commune called Goblin House. For how long? Uh, long enough to know better. <laughs> we lived there. I lived there for three months. I mean, I lived in Ithaca probably for like eleven months total. But uh, he lived there for a lot longer. And, and he boy. was going to college. Yeah, he, he's a graduate of Ithaca University. That's a nice school. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as Cornell, <laughs> which is also there. But <laughs> if you want to pay as much for as bad of a degree, uh, you go there. Or as worthless. Yeah, I mean, Cornell's a safety ivy. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to, what was your alma mater, Sam? Uh, I didn't graduate from Metro State College. <laughs> but I was accepted to Dartmouth oh. on a football scholarship. They don't give football scholarships. Exactly. I know. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was for dressage. <laughs> <laughs> I killed a lot of horses. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's an Olympic sport, so it's very, very I broke noble. those horses. Oh, yeah, not sure. on purpose. They're already broken. Right? <laughs> I sat on them and literally collapsed their spines. <laughs> so I, w- I want to know uh, how Red versus Black came together. Um, Clay and I have been in bands uh, together since we were... He learned to play bass along to my drumming when we were 15, so we could play like Misfits covers and stuff in Elizabeth, Colorado, because you had to create your own fun out there. Hmm. It was a very small town, and we had to like do everything ourselves, so... He learned that, and then he moved to Ithaca, and I moved out there, and we wrote a bunch of songs and just went on the road. It was just an excuse to be on the road and like hang out with my best friend, pretty much. What was the first uh, road trip you guys took together? Oh, man. The first road trip we ever went on like officially was to uh, Wesleyan, which is in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Wow. Adam, Adam, Kate, and Holland graduated from there, yep. previous guests. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Okay. You've made six of these. You can't be claiming friends Uh, of the show. This is is show 11. 10, easy. Put your claws away, (laughs) Taylor. 
<laughs> if we were on network TV, it would have been canceled by now. That's true. Um, yeah, but if you guys were on PBS, you guys would be a local gem. <laughs> you would be a cultural milestone. If we were on well, the BBC, this would be years two older. seasons already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we went. We drove into Wesleyan, Connecticut, and as we were driving in, uh, in our in our oh man, it was so bad. We were driving in like a Honda Accord that Clay had, and it was like front wheel drive. And as we drove in, it was so snowy that on NPR, the governor of Connecticut got on and said, "If you're trying to drive into Connecticut." Don't. <laughs> the state of Connecticut is closed, like for your health and safety, and just for us, because we can't clean up any bodies right now. <laughs> it was like a plaintive plea from the governor of Connecticut, and meanwhile we were like blasting INDK. <laughs> oh man, and we got there and we played a show with a band who deep fried carrots. That was their, yeah, they were uh, Kentucky Fried Doom. <laughs> and they all wore robes and they put touch mics into carrots and stuff and like vegan stuff and deep fried it for like deep gravelly sounds. Was back. that wow. your was that your first show on the tour? Um that wasn't even a tour, that was just our first time on the road. So you drove from Denver all the way to Not from Denver from Ithaca. Oh, from Ithaca. Okay. For one gig that paid nothing except for weird nose sex for me. <laughs> That's that's a, you want a road story, Kevy. I would love to hear that, dude. There was this girl Cordelia who was really weird. Uh, obviously, Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia was her name. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And uh, boning dudes like me was her her game and shame. Uh, and she was. I was. I was trying to like. I needed to find a paper. We were at her house. Like I was all gross. Just played this show, and I was trying to find a rolling paper. And I was like, Hey, who wants to smoke a bone? And she was like. <laughs> What? I was like, you want to smoke a bone? And she was like, how? That's why would you ask me that? Like, that's so gross. You're a guest in my house. Why would you ask me if I want to suck your dick right now <laughs> in my kitchen? And I was like, what? No, I'm just trying to smoke a joint of some reefer weed. And she was like, oh, oh, okay. In her defense, though, how many times have you propositioned somebody? I mean, that line works a lot more. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times with uh, Rastafarian in, men. The, in their kitchen. Uh huh. <laughs> And she was like, I have rolling papers in my room. And I was like, oh. bingo. So we went up there and proceeded to make some coitus after smoking a joint. And her thing was, uh, put my nose in your mouth. <laughs> so she like wanted me to put her entire nose in my mouth and like breathe on her nose. I used to do that. Wow. Ugh. Yeah. Did you? Sort of God. My, my ex-girlfriend, that was like our thing. It was wow. Weird. I mean, I'm not judging. I just well, I mean, really it was like stuff. it was like our cute, like you know, like oh, I'm like while you were inside of her. No, it was <laughs> oh. like in public. Okay, in public. That's wow. Your thing? Well, it was like a joke. No, it wasn't. It was something you remember richly and like. Well, yeah, because it was like it was of... like a charming part of our relationship. It wasn't me being a sexual deviant. No, in no. Wesleyan University. This was her thing. Yeah, I wonder wow. how many dudes. Had had their mouth on her nose. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she had a black boyfriend who was downstairs and just like mean mugged me the rest of the night. It was ugly. Hmm. But we played with the we played with the scurvies from Fairbanks, Alaska, and those guys have been on the road like 300 days a year from Alaska. Wow. 300 days? Yeah, they live in a van and they tour all over Canada and Alaska and like Mexico now. Really good <laughs> garage rock. We played with them in a basement. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Inc- 300 days. 300 days a year at least. And they tour like three different uh, nations hmm. from Alaska. What's the uh, longest amount of time you've done on the road? 
uh like for comedy or like for consistently music? whether it be comedy or music like oh, start man. to finish non-stop probably like 30 days hmm that's about it it's still pretty i mean that's a long time yeah it's just like, depending on the vehicle too it's always a van always it's always a terrible panel van with no back windows and like the only vents in the back are holes in the floor <laughs> So you're hovering. Everyone found like a hole on the floor <laughs> to, to inhale exhaust and catch a quick buzz. Or no, what? just to try and escape, dude. One time there was seven of us in a van. It was Red versus Black and the Ha Ha Hooligans. <clears throat> they were a great oi band from Elizabeth, and we did like 17 days up and down the West Coast. And we ended up picking up some generators in Southern California, some like <laughs> gas diesel generators. Wait, how do you pick up generators? Interesting trades. Welcome. <laughs> we have T-shirts. You have ideas. Let's talk. <laughs> and uh, we got we got some T-shirts uh, traded for these generators. And man, those generators were just reeked like gas in the back of a van. Mm. In July and August, it was like a hundred degrees all the time. We were just sitting there, like we'd be playing gin rummy in the back, and then someone would like. Just look off in the distance, and obviously was like having weird gas throws. Just huffing, just huff- yeah, and they'd be like, "Okay, I gotta go sit up front." Wow, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, that's how you lost the game of gin rummy. I've never lost gin rummy. Really? So you huffed a lot of gas. Is what you're that, trying to say? I think that consistently on the road, I have put up the best gin rummy scores. Hearts huh. is different, but if you look at all of our tours, I've definitely done. You keep in score? Yeah, we keep score. You trade cigarettes like prison. <laughs> yeah. So is this just like I'm just trying to think of what it actually is. It's obviously not like a like a camper van, right? No, so there's no. no like tables or anything. No, imagine a landscaping van. Okay. It's just there's there's just there's floor in the there, back. There's floor. nothing except dirtier people in the back. Right, filthy van. people. It's pretty much as big as your table right now. Yeah. Like this is like the space we can hang out in because there's also gear for two bands right. in there as well. And there's like Man. two people can sit up front. I would be screwed because I get so motion sick if I'm not looking straight ahead. And, yeah, you, know. you would puke all over, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. fine, because Tyler from Haha ha Hooligans once vomited wine all over me, <laughs> all over me in Shasta Lake, uh, Reno or something. Or, were you awake when this happened? Yeah, we were all like cruising around, like doing really ha- terrible hairpin turns like, in this <laughs> national park. But in California, they sold wine in the national parks. So. What? Yeah, just like in the gas stations there. It's like $7 a gallon gas, but you can get a really cheap bottle of wine. <laughs> nice. So yeah, we were just chugging wine, like doing these hairpins, and man, he got sick and puked all over the front. Oh. oh yeah, and then we God. had to take him outside and literally like hose him down. <laughs> so for you, is is that time on the road, is it worth like what happens at the gigs? Like that, that time when you're playing in the band, it's like this oh, is man. totally worth all of the stuff you go through on the road. It's about the journey, though, too, at the same really? time. Like, the gig's all that matters, so, like, all day you have a goal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you have to get all the way to Montclair, New Jersey, so you can play this gig for these kids. And right. that's, like, a very definitive goal, and it unites you as a crew. But at the same time, like, eating weird lobster rolls somewhere in Rhode Island is just as worthy hmm. as, like, playing the gig later on for 30 sweaty kids in a basement in Montclair, and then they steal all your CDs. <laughs> Montclair, New Jersey, go fuck yourself, okay? The Meat Locker, worst venue ever. Your kids are all impotent pudwax. And they'll I'm, steal your CDs. They sold all of our CDs. Oh. And I, we were like, we romanticized it. Like, it was probably some young, uh, you know, staff infection, crust punk, like. Trying to, to spread the music around. No, no, trying to impress a girl. Oh. So you're like, look at this, I'm going to steal these CDs. And then he lost his virginity outside on a pile of our CDs. <laughs> His That's little 15-year-old and, and then he lit it, And then he lit it on fire. Because uh-huh, his semen is up. flammable. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So much Everclear and varnish in his body that his ejaculate is completely flammable. Montclair, man, the worst. That's my worst place ever. That's, mm-hmm. what, so what are some of the other worst 
road gigs that you had? Uh, it's hard to say. Oh, Philadelphia. We played Be Happy House in Philadelphia, which was just a crack squat. So like we played in this basement. Like full on, like people are hitting rocks in like, the house. People were hitting rocks. People were there was heroin needles in a room where they were like, you can wow. sleep in here. And then there was like needles everywhere. Next door, it was in North Philly where Temple is, and it's mm-hmm. like the sketchiest neighborhood yeah. around. So like we were in this place, and then next door there was literally an, a little girl chained up like a dog in the backyard. Oh my god! Because her parents had to work all day. So they like left her outside with like a box of cereal within Jesus. her grasp, like chained up, like Jesus. a fighting dog. Yeah, I mean that. I mean I'm not judging. I'm just Did saying. Did you call like, social services? Fuck no, dude. Class war. <laughs> all right, we're Touché. all this together. You, st- you still had CDs to sell later. I that did. Night. I, she bought one. I traded her, <laughs> traded her some golden grams. Uh, that that night actually. That's the most you've ate in a week, with dude. That night, grams. all seven of us, and no, sorry, all five of us sh- uh, shared a box of goldfish crackers. <laughs> that was our dinner. But this show was like, the roof was like six foot. So like we were playing, we played with the purple cocks and they all, all got naked, like dicks out. Their drummer was playing his drums with his dick. It was awesome. But man, yeah, like sleeping there was terrible. And Clay D had a girlfriend at the time who lived in Philadelphia in this rich ass nice house. And we were like, cool, we're going to crash there. And then later on that night, he was like, all right, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to her house. I'm leaving. And we like had to stay in this fucking crack squad. So he abandoned you? He abandoned us. At a crack squad. For for sweet, sweet road vag. He left his band behind. (laughs) What's that? So what's that like the next day when your bandmate uh, ditches you for sweet, sweet squatch? (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) Squaw. Or whatever. I said road poon. Road poon. Whatever. I like squatch. I like call it the screeching weasel. You'd be lucky to get to go on tour with those guys. Oh, look out! But no, like when your records, <laughs> when your bandmate abandons you, yeah, uh, to go nail it down, and he gets to stay in this nice house, and you and have to eat stay. a breakfast. Yeah, and eat you, a breakfast sh- indoors with like eggs yeah. and peppers. Maybe there's milk involved. Sure, and you don't get any of that Juice? because you have to stay in a crack house. Where there's a nine-year-old chained up in the back with yeah. a box of Golden Grams. What's that like the next day when you guys got to get back in the van together? Um, It's fine because you see the look in his face and how bright-eyed and bushy-tailed he is. And you're like, all right, I would have done the same thing to you. So you have no resentment. So no, when he no. shows up freshly showered, shaved... Yeah. Just got laid, no. had a nice slumber, ate some eggs. And well, no, because once in Minneapolis, I totally got a... You did the same thing? I did the same thing in Minneapolis with this lovely girl named Elise. <laughs> and we uh, and she, like, cooked me bomb vegan breakfast and stuff. And, like, meanwhile, Clay and Grant had to, like, sleep in the van outside. <laughs> Wait, why were, they, why were they sleeping they, in the van? Because they couldn't sleep in the apartment. She wouldn't allow them in? She wouldn't allow them in. Uh, Just like in, uh, in, in New York one time, Willie, our lead singer, we used to have a lead singer went off to bone his girlfriend, and we had to sleep in the van outside of a young person's correctional facility <laughs> in Bushwick. Movie? Yeah, in Bushwick, in the van. I remember yelling at my girlfriend at the time, like, I hate this. I want out. I wish I was sleeping next to you. I could, I could be sleeping near your feet like a dog curled up right now and be better with my position in life. I split a Slim Jim tonight. That was my dinner. I split a Slim Jim in a fucking – those little jail juices – those little like uh, bug juice, you know? That yeah. Come in, oh, the little oh god, that was like all we had. Uh. It just there's times where you're like, oh, is that how you got I diabetes? I don't have diabetes. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, that's not wood. real wood. That's no, it isn't. Real. No. <laughs> oh man. So I so it's just it's an unwritten thing totally with fun. you and the band or who you're well, touring imagine with. Imagine if you were on comedy, if you did some comedy and like you know the opener or the, or the, the headliner is going to go off and get some squooch, as you put it. <laughs> 
Uh, some squatch. <laughs> I don't know. Squatch. Yeah, if you, I, I mean, think it should grill, keep changing. Swill. Yeah, if he know. went off, you wouldn't mind. I think it's the of the road. But I but I feel like the accommodations are so much more dire when you're on the road um, with this punk band that you're talking about. I didn't get into punk rock for sleeping in beds. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that was the least of my worries. Like sleeping in Philadelphia in a crack squat is a great fucking story. What'd you get into punk rock for? Uh, for the pussy, no. uh, <laughs> which leads to sleeping in bed. No, I, I don't. I didn't get into punk rock for any reason. I think if you get into punk rock for a reason, like you did it wrong. Mm. Like if punk, if you like, punk. If, if you discover punk rock and it like moves you into doing shit, like I think that's the right way. Mm. And there's no wrong way to discover punk rock. Like I found it through Green Day's Nimrod when I was 13. <laughs> Dookie for me. Yeah, Dookie. Dookie was better. My dad was into it, but Nimrod was a lot harder. Mm. Yeah, Dookie was like a way bit darker. Punk. Yeah, King for a Day is about cross dressing. song hmm. princess by dawn yeah exactly so i don't think i don't know i didn't i'm not saying like ha ha kevin condescendingly i'm just saying like that's not even like a concern really hmm. i just i'm just intrigued because it seems like uh based off these stories you're talking about especially with this band because you know there's just the two of you right and, it, and you're literally like sleeping on top of each other in a van mm -hmm. when there's an opportunity where it's butt some, to butt sometimes yeah i'm sure if you sleep in a really if you're tight, lucky if you're in a closet like if you find a closet on the road and you can shut the door you can go butt to butt that's the best dude <laughs> sam is it, explaining in. with his fingers that's a reverse spooning it's, it's a reverse spooning. spoon yeah you yeah. rub your butts together so you can sleep in a complete l shape each of you sleeps in an l shape <laughs> It's good. But no, like you said, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off on your train of thought, but I love Clay DeHaan. Like, he's a brother of mine. And if he's going to catch some weirdness somewhere, I want him to do it, you know? So there's no expectation of, like, me too. No, no, not at all. Because, I mean, if he can pull something when you're sweaty, dude, when you're on the road, like, I stink most of the time. <laughs> when you're on the road, like, you're in a van just baking in your juices and you brought, like, three t-shirts and one pair of basketball shorts. That's my favorite <laughs> thing about Red vs. Black is, like, there's so many punk bands who have, like, their their jackets on with their mm -hmm. goddamn casualties patches on, their leather, <laughs> and, uh, and their spikes. And, like, we show up looking like substitute teachers. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, we show up in, like, denim shirts <laughs> and, like, Clay will be in, like... A cutoff like landscaping T-shirt. You look like the janitor at exactly. the school. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're like totally like stepdads. <laughs> and then we show up, and there's all these like punk rockers or like really hip kids at the houses we play, <laughs> and they're like, "Who the hell are these guys?" <laughs> like we booked Red versus Black. Like they sound insane. <laughs> Who are these weirdos? And then we come in and like do our thing and freak people out so they have to leave the room. <laughs> like I like that a lot. So yeah, Clay's fine if he wants to get some pudding. Hmm. I say stir the soup. <laughs> right? These are all amazing phrases. Just get the, just get the skin off the top. Put your fist in the beehive, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I do. I know you do, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's red versus black is a brotherhood. Like, hmm. it's very much. I've known him since I, we were in third grade. Hmm. Like, I love that kid. So what are what were some of your experiences touring outside of red versus black? Oh, I was on the road with. I've done comedy on the road non-stop as much as i can just chasing paper but are those just mostly like one-nighter gigs and stuff yeah. i mean i know you and the fine gentleman's club went on a full tour was that the longest amount of time you've been on the road as a comedian no i was on the road longer with slfm last summer i opened for a thrash ukulele player from salt lake city called slfm and she took me on the road and i did some gigs with her throughout the southwest and 
I was out longer with her than I was with the fine gents. And you were doing comedy the whole time? I mean, I did as much comedy as I possibly could, but there were certain situations where it was like a bunch of like angry feminist lesbians who'd book SLFM because she's like very twee, but also very feminist and empowered. And then it'd be like, hey, do you guys mind if my friend does some comedy? And they'd look at me and like be like, no, <laughs> we booked you. Hmm. Sorry. See, I would have thought they thought you were a lesbian as well. I do pull that off, but I had a full beard at the time. <laughs> uh-huh. And when I have my sideburns blasted, I can't pull off the Rosie O'Donnell. Like I, did <laughs> I look like a young Rosie O'Donnell often when I'm fresh-faced. Hmm. Well, we were, uh, Kevin and I the other night were talking about uh, songs, albums, music that you play on the road. Yeah. Do you guys have like like certain albums, certain songs, like, oh, we got, we're on the road, we've got to play this, we've got to um, listen to this? If not, it's cool, but... Do you- no, I mean, we definitely... Like, I think that I've listened to Bad Brains a lot on the road hmm. for some reason. I have a lot of memories of, like, oh, Misfits. sure misfits is probably the most predominant uh predominant record i've heard on the road yeah. just driving around but at the same time like our van has a tape player you know like we yeah. have a boom box that we have battery operated so like sometimes we have music but often it's just the radio here's the best road song ever hmm. best road song ever golden earring radar love I'm dead serious, dude. When you're when it's like 1 a.m. and you're like, oh, we got to get to Scranton, Pennsylvania by 11 a.m. for this goddamn festival, and you're driving from like Lexington, Kentucky, and then Radar Love comes on, you're like, oh, you passed out. Like all you have is some swag some Ath- some kid in Athens, Ohio gave you. And you're just like about to pass out because there's not enough coffee to keep you awake, and then Radar Love comes on. Mm. Driving all night, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what's I want to? So what's that moment like though? When like when it comes on. Wh- it's like lightning striking the van, really, <laughs> and everyone's slapping the roof, and just like because you think because that song's about driving home to like driving as far and as fast as you can to get home to a girl. Mm. The entire time you're on the road, you're thinking about a girl, so yeah. it's like you've like romanticized it in your head. Like this guy's out there, man. He's long hauling. He's doing it. He's just trying to pay those bills for sweet mama back home, <laughs> and then like you're out there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking living this romantic beautiful lifestyle but yeah. god if i could just get back to denver <laughs> sleep next to you i'm driving baby i'll be home <laughs> it's the best and then that everyone after that song comes on everyone smokes a cigarette and texts the girl they've been thinking <laughs> everyone awesome. universally and like the like last every time every time and then you also start scraping the pipe because you don't want to feel it's like if you're out of weed it's like you're scraping for resin and then like the next like about 30 minutes are just somber and reflective for oh, everyone man. in the band. Yeah, Radar Love, Golden Earring, oh, best man. road song ever. What's that? I want to know what that moment's like, though, because you have to make a certain deadline to get to these gigs. Yeah. And when you're running short on time, how does that feel like when you're in the van and you're That's going a little behind rare. and like with the songs that come on, like you got inspired by that song yeah and everybody else is like we're gonna do it man mm-hmm. <laughs> but what is it like when you know you're falling behind and like how do you f- 
find a way to kick it in an overdrive and make it to the show on time. To be honest, there's very few occasions where you're falling behind on time mm. because all that you have to do, like all your existence is, is getting to that next gig. Mm. So like, if you have to drive 12 hours, if you have to drive all the way from Omaha to Cleveland, like you're going to leave that night after that gig and you're going to drive six hours and then you're going to sleep a little bit on the side of the road and then you're going to drive from like sunrise until you get there at noon. Like mm. there's never a time where you're going to be running late. Mm. So you're just always in motion. If you're, if you're, there's a lot of bands out there who don't respect like the actual like artistry and like craft of being in a band. Mm. Like the biggest compliment that we get in my band is that everyone's like, you're an SST band. You guys are minus the Black Flag. You're minus the Minutemen. Like all these old dudes who used to see that shit and it's like, you know, you're a self-made, self-like operating, very like you're a family. You're mm. you're an organism working on the road, like. If you don't, if you're gonna be some pud and not make your gig, like, what's the point of doing it at all? Mm. And I mean, I'm very, I'm not like a serious person or like committed to you're a lot professional. of. I'm very professional yeah. when it comes to this stuff because, you, like, these kids booked you at their house. Yeah. Like these people have been promoting for you since you hit them up out of the blue. They're like, hey, can I play Greensboro, North Carolina? And they're like, sure, no questions asked. I'm mm. gonna hang up posters for you. So if you let them down, like, who the hell are you? Mm. You know. Where There's does, no room for prima donnas in the level of music that I'm touring on. Where does mm. that commitment come from, though? Me? Yeah, for from you. putting on shows when I was a kid. Like, dude, we put on shows in my parents' house. We put on shows in Clay's greenhouse. We put on shows wherever we could, you know? Like, you just create a scene. Like a little, like a plant greenhouse? Yeah, literally, like, where plants would be. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, we'd put on shows in the greenhouse at night. Who came mm. through there? Oh, no Anybody, one, dude. No, nobody no that one. no one knows? Bands from Parker, Colorado. We had, <laughs> we, had a, we had a couple bands from Colorado Springs that were big bookings. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Like, like we, who? I don't remember, dude. But I remember being a kid and being like, damn, we got, maybe it was the Potato Pirates, I think. Hmm. I think we got the Potato Pirates once when I was in high school. I can't remember. But it, I mean, it was, you know, it's just like, so if I did that when I was a kid and someone ever backed out or like if someone ever left me hanging, dude, when I'm on the road and someone like, if we show up, which happens, you show up and like, oh man, the gig's canceled. Sorry, mm. this is uh, Stockton, California. Sorry, it got too hot, and we just wanted to play video games. So yeah. there's no gig today. And you're like, oh, cool, because we just drove eight hours, and we have no money. Mm-hmm. And our next gig is two days from now. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't have a place to crash that night now. We don't have any. Like, they were going to cook us dinner. We we're going to sell CDs, play a show, like meet people. And now we're just bowing for the next three days. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, How do you react to that situation? Oh, man, you freak out a little bit. You seriously shake them down a little bit. I don't know. In my situation, like when you pull up and someone's like, oh man, show's canceled. Sorry. It's like, oh no, it's not. Like, call your friends. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, the, we're start, going to the skate park. You just we're start setting up right away. Like, no, you don't even you just, yeah, you take all, that's, that's a key. You get there, you start taking your gear out right away. Hmm. You get to the house, you take your gear out, you walk up with like a bass drum in hand. You're like we're the band. <laughs> we're here. We're serious. You don't. You don't give them an opportunity to say no. No, and usually you're fiery eyed. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. that, that 35 minutes that you're playing that night, or however 20 long, 20 minutes is like you drove all the way, wow. like from Denver, all the way to shithole Slayton, Texas, <laughs> just to play for 15 kids in a room that's like 130 degrees and there's dead cats in the walls and it smells like a morgue. Wait, wow. are they taxidermied or are these literal no, dead? Dude, like we played in Slayton, Texas for these little Mexican kids and we were in this shack out back in their parents' house and literally there was like dead animals in the walls. They told us like, sorry, it smells, there's dead animals in here. Oh my God. And then we crammed a bunch of kids in there and they got all sweaty and danced and it smelled like a hate crime. Oh my it, was God. Like, it, was, it was like, it was like incest happened in the room. <laughs> 
It was a palpable, angry stench. It was wow. awful. Yeah. How good was that gig? It was great because later on, that guy, uh, uh, one of the kids' older brothers, cooked us bomb-ass homemade tacos. Nice. I like was really worried you were about dude. to say he cooked you bomb ass kitten stew. No. Or something. <laughs> well, it was worth it because it smelled like cats the whole time. Yeah, but yeah. at least we got to eat that. They're night, delicious. So. <laughs> yeah, that night involved cocaine and like us driving to a house party way far away in Lubbock at like sunrise, <laughs> and him like this kid like almost driving off the road, <laughs> and us being like, "Oh God, we're gonna die." We're <laughs> All night, just like our hearts were about to explode from like really good Mexican cocaine, <laughs> like really primo. Is that an oxymoron? Kind of stuff? No, dude. The closer to the border, the better. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like cocaine, man. I don't at all. I've done it like three times in like the last four years, but. This was one of those situations in Slayton, Texas, and we got yacked and then drove to like a house party full of children and played beer pong with children. How that, like how old are like children? Like seventeen year old, sixteen year old kids. That's not too bad. No. You said children, I thought you meant like twelve. No, but like I mean, child soldiers. But when you're twenty five and sweaty, you shouldn't be in a <laughs> garage full of children in suburban Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> that's that's especially a good when point. you're yacked up. <laughs> what were you? <laughs> no. I'm not saying it again. Oh, okay. Yakta. There we go. <laughs> Have you ever uh, written any songs on the road? Like, like, been inspired to write something because of a road experience? Or oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Ithaca, New York. We wrote a song about these girls who used to have parties for us called <laughs> Two Twenty Two. It was their address, and it was just songs about this. It was this rollicking song about lady warriors doing <laughs> battle in the mine plane and stuff. All right. Yeah, so that was definitely... So uh, why do those feminists not want to book you? Come on. I don't know, dude. We're very socially forward. Yeah. Like, we're, a big, we're a huge anarchist, like, anti-capitalist band. Sure. And uh, I don't know why they don't like us. Because we look weird. Because <laughs> we look so weird and desperate on the road. Like, Clay's like 120 pounds stretched across, like, six foot, six foot of man. And I'm just there, like... Sweaty and just delirious. Just aggressive yeah, looking. Yeah, just like, hey, how you doing? We're playing here tonight. I'm Sam. What's your name? You already set up your drums. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, oh, it, Carla? Carla, where do we eat? <laughs> no, not around town. Like, where's the kitchen? I'm hungry. <laughs> you have any brown rice? Quinoa? Quinoa is huge on the road these days. Protein. Mm. They make a lot of quinoa for us, type of bands. Hmm. Yep. That's awesome. And also, I run a house venue in town. So, like, anytime like, anyone lets me down... You know, if I let anyone down at the house, I'd feel bad. You know, so it's hmm. just like the show trades that are out there. You were uh, you were kind of uh, uh, famous on a, a video recently for a gentleman trying to get from, Chris Gethard. Yes, Chris Gethard trying to get to Bonnaroo. Oh, that was weird, man. Yeah, this girl in Oakland turned me on to his videos because I had to like dry out at her house for like two days. <laughs> so we just watched his videos for a while, and uh, Chris Gethard's cool. He's a funny comic. And then yeah. I hit him up via Twitter, like, if you need help in Denver, I'll help you. Yeah. And then he rolled into Denver, and I was on Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, showed up with a film crew at my house, and, like, he got there and was like, so you're Sam Talent. The, the Sam, Sam Talent. Everywhere east of Flagstaff I've been, everyone I've met has said, you need to meet Sam Talent wow. in Denver. So Albuquerque, the only place east of Flagstaff. But he meant, like, every, like, small town, too, yeah. that he stopped in. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, You met half clown. of your illegitimate children oh, across man. the way. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> They're all if wearing coveralls them, and mutton yeah. chops. Uh-huh. Just down there with the little short-haired six-year-old girls <laughs> hanging out, already playing beer pong and oh man, thrashing on a mm-hmm. drum set, smoking Marlboro Reds, yeah. mm-hmm. shoeless, putting cigs out. 
Yeah, so Chris Gethard was cool. He just I'm playing his show and uh, Red Bridge Black's playing a show in October. Oh, did, nice. Did he stay at your house or did he just Hell pop no, in man. and just like there. shoot? You're like, hey, we got to get some video for the YouTube. Yeah, he, got, he popped in and got some A roll. <laughs> <laughs> And then got the hell out of there. <laughs> you can tell he was like, we can't sleep here. I kept being like, you guys need anything? And they'd be like, no, we're fine. I'd be like, if you want to lay down upstairs, like we got open rooms. And they were like, no, we're cool. <laughs> like, I got kind of stern. Like, you know, when you ask them a question like, yeah. and they think it's condescending or like weird and you're like, you need anything? They're like, no, we're totally fine. <laughs> so it was like urban man versus wild. Like they're like, yeah. oh, we got, oh, we got a film crew and we're uh-huh. hitchhiking across the U.S. And it's yeah. like, hey, here's a bunch of weirdos and a comedian musician who's tripping mushrooms right sure. now. <laughs> I want you to hang out. And they're like, all right, we got it. Let's yeah. let's go. It was so weird. It was like the first time I ever did mushrooms with my new girlfriend. And there was a night that we like became boyfriend and girlfriend. And the entire Aww. time she was there, and she was like, God, this is fucking weird. <laughs> Like, who the hell is this guy? Like, she was just hanging out near my sister, like, holding hands with my sister, like, what the hell's going on? Hollywood's in the house. Yeah, there's, like, a guy in a banana suit. Yep. The world's greatest dancer. Yep. Full film crew. Yep. There, and then he, like, tweeted it, too, so a bunch of people showed up at my house. No way. Yeah, I was going to tell him. He was like, you got to come down. Yeah. Yeah. It was really strange. And then people kept showing up from, like, Aurora. Like, someone showed up from New York, and they'd be like, Chris? And then they'd be like, oh, Sam? Sam Talent? Like, a bunch of people knew me who I didn't know. It was weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah, dude, it's strange. Hmm. It's a bad scene. A known quantity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Sam, we asked you to bring in a song you did. today. And uh, would, you fe- would you feel comfortable talking about this song? Sure, I think so. Yeah. Should we get really quiet? Before I know, I like to build the suspense. <laughs> I like this. I know. This is a good level. It's fine. <laughs> you hear that? If you're jogging right now, you can't hear us because your feet are wrapping too hard on the floor. Nobody listens to the show, Jogs. No, I'm sweaty right now doing it. <laughs> Got the meat sweats. <laughs> All right, adult noise. You always have the meat sweats. What's yep. uh, So what's the song that you brought in for us today? I brought in uh, Dancing on Hardwood Floors by SLFM of mm. Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm. And uh, why did you want to bring that song in? First of all, it's one of my favorite songs. It's Excellent. about celebrating a birthday party with someone that you really care about, but is very, uh, it's a platonic relationship. That you'd like to further, but the moment is taking you away from your feelings of lust and, and desire. You know, you're just having a beautiful moment with that person, dancing on hardwood floors. Uh, and I like her a lot because she's on the road more than anyone. She's one of the most hardworking. She plays thrash ukulele and she lives out of her car and mm. is on the road constantly. And you were you were saying earlier to, uh, on the show that you went on tour with her. As well. I opened for her. Yeah. And this song reminds me of Morro Bay, California. It's a lovely beach community somewhere <laughs> above Los Angeles. And uh, we, were, we had a day off. We were just hanging out. We found this like $30 hotel room. And we hung out on the beach. And she played ukulele while I just like laid there. And she sang me new songs and stuff. And we watched the sun go down over this giant mound. This giant like funeral pyre of a mountain that's just floating. It was great. And then we ate fresh avocados for dinner. Hmm. And then we watched uh, a Bronx Tale in our hotel room. It was lovely. Sounds beautiful. It was yeah. very beautiful. It was transcendent. It was one of the most awesome moments of my entire life. And it was mm. spent with someone that I respect and admire.
Dancing on Hardwood Floors by SLFM. That was really good, Sam. Thanks, guys. I like that song a lot. I do yeah. too. It's great. And it's such a like a romantic, you know, non you know, love kind of way, but just like romantic in terms of like, oh, thinking about that moment and Yeah, I mean I know the backstory to it, to the song itself, but it, I feel it's about unrequited love mm. and then just like surpassing it for a moment of tranquility. Mm. Like said. But it's interesting though, because I think we've talked about the road in this like romantic way too, where it's like, oh, there's so many great stories in that. But it the can be, road, yeah, 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 the big R, yeah, yeah. not just a ranch wear store anymore. Pretty shitty though, right? I mean, oh god, pretty <laughs> it's, shitty. It's desperate and hungry and lonely, <laughs> and it turns into you get. I mean, I've had ruthless arguments with my best friends in the world, and just being in a van with them, yeah, and like, <clears throat> where'd you get that cup of noodles? <laughs> Where'd you, where'd that company noodles come from? I know, I know we had $12 in the band fund, and now there's $11 in there. Where'd that company noodles come from? I don't know, you didn't have, I, I know, I've looked through all of your stuff. Is the obligation that you share that couple of noodles if yeah, it comes from that's the a legit, No, that's a legit obligation. Like, if someone has, like, a six-pack of Oreos, someone now has a two-pack, and they share it around. You're allowed to have two of the Oreos, but the other four are just kind of like assumed to go everywhere mm. else. So, you, so your bandmate can leave you sleeping on a sidewalk mm. to go sleep in a bed, totally fine, with a young lady, brotherhood. But if he <laughs> gets solidarity. six Oreos, <laughs> yep, you get two of those Oreos. That's because, yeah, that's exactly why. I don't mind if he trailer. goes. I don't mind if he goes to sleep in a lovely canopy bed somewhere, because <laughs> I know that if we have a Milky Way dark chocolate, <laughs> he gets a third I'm getting, of it. I'm getting two thirds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are the rules. This yeah. is how it goes. But man, it's lonely, dude. Yeah. Like there's so many times, especially with comedy, you know, Kevy. Yeah, like, when when you're in the when a band, you're with people and you're always moving and shaking and everything's fun. Mm-hmm. And you're like a pack of pirates, but man, when you're doing comedy, you're just like in a hotel room with like a 40 and some <laughs> terrible weed some guy gave you and America's like, best in and Yeah, and the remake of a Bad News Bears yeah. <laughs> on mm-hmm. Turner Classic to like keep you company. And you're like, ah, oh, this re- this re- Richard Linklater for me forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did he direct that? Yeah, he did. Oh my god. Yep. Mm-hmm. You got EP wow. on the new one. But... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's the road is lonely and very desperate. Hmm. My friend Grant Carnes summed it up the best after he was he was managing us for a bit on the road. And uh, he got to Minneapolis and was so horny and depraved <laughs> that he said, I have to spill it or I'm going to kill it. <laughs> Hopefully it's in that order. In that order, exactly, yeah. It's in the other order. If you switch it up, anything goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Man, desperate eyes. <laughs> Just hungry. Like, one time Grant was trying to buy weed off this girl, but he, she didn't know that he knew that she had weed for sale. So he walked up to her and he was like, hey, can I smell it real quick? How much? <laughs> can I see it? Can I see it before I buy it? <laughs> let, me have a, let me have a whiff. And she pulled down her pants. No, she was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Grant got to the point where he was just walking up to girls and being like, can I sleep in your bed tonight? <laughs> can I please Wait, sleep? I want to know why you we guys... We can go head to toe. <laughs> I want to know why you guys had a manager because it sounds like you're barely living by manager, above the pro- by poverty By manager, line. I mean that he came on the road to hang out. He just out. hopped in the Yeah, van. and like hmm. moved some gear. And he stood by the merch table. He stood for, by, didn't sell any merch, just stood there. He stood there, yeah. hung out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Chatting. Yep. But his parents lived in Chatham, uh, New Jersey, and mm. they took us in and fed us a lot of food, so yeah. Hmm. Roger Norquist, local comedian, was on the road with us at that point, and he punched out our van window because his girlfriend did something dirty to him. Wait, was he just 
he wasn't performing or doing he was just, just lurking. Out. yeah just fucking out there not even moving gear just, <laughs> oh my god yeah just, just being smoking a, cigarettes smoking cigs lurking wearing cutoffs <laughs> the first pair of shorts he's ever worn in his entire life were cutoffs cutoffs did he make them he made them to go swimming in one of the gorges in Ithaca New York <laughs> actually sounds kind of nice yep I mean the road's cool man but Jesus it's not a lot of fun all the time. But what's it? You don't have money on the scale I'm on. Like, no one's making money. It's just like a road trip. You bring $300, and when you're back home, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were talking about earlier about SST and, like, that, like, black flag, mm-hmm. like, DIY right. way of approaching the road. And I remember Henry Rollins on Rollins and the Rye talked about how uh, so many guys on the road, they want to, like, romanticize it. And make it into like, oh no, the floor is fine. But as soon as they get like a bed or mm-hmm. business class, it's yeah. like, oh, thank God. And then right. it's like, that's what they want. Did you initially go into it when uh, you started touring with your band and then becoming a comedian? Did you have like these uh, DIY aesthetics that you're like, yeah, no, I'm fine on the floor? And then when did the bottom fall out where you were just like, oh God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened? <laughs> I feel like in comedy, I feel much more entitled to a bed because mm. I'm on headliner status now. Mm. So I feel much more entitled to a bed in comedy. But in music, it's still the point where like you have just sweat every ounce of water out of your body and you just hung out with completely new people and like smoked weed with strangers to the point where like you sleeping on that floor, like it's a beautiful moment. You know what I mean? Like I can still reflect on that and be like, here I am sleeping with my buddy on the porch somewhere or like sleeping outside. You know what I mean? Like having to pull off to the side of the road and like sleep near a lake. Hmm. And like you both have like a blanket over your head so the mosquitoes don't eat your face. Like those moments are still like really worth it to me. Whereas in comedy, comedy is like my career and like my business and my hmm. job. And like when I'm out there, like I want a hotel room. Like if I'm going to come headline for you, like I want a hotel room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just part of the institution that I want to be a part of. Like, it's assumed you get a hotel room. So even the so you're at the point now. Even those terrible moments, yeah, uh, are reinforcing to what you do. I think that's part of the aesthetic, dude. Like if we wanted to be a, like a cool band, and like we would have a keyboard player and like a girl <laughs> singing for us, and we'd only play garage rock and like <laughs> ride mopeds around. There is something about how it's not about the money that makes it. You can then make it about the music and it's about the romantic aspect of it like it's just that the cheapness is part of our aesthetic yeah like, we play shows and expect to sleep in the place we played yeah like that's the scale we're on that's totally valid to us because like sure we're not playing the marquee everywhere we go but we but are would playing. you want to dude no the basement's where it's at like playing in houses in someone's home and then they like cook you breakfast and like they show you their they show you their shreveport louisiana hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. after the show, they take you out and take you to their favorite bar. And like, you, dude, I have cliff dived in the Red River in downtown Shreveport. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys who sleep in band, like if you go to Shreveport or Little Rock or something and you sleep in, you, you play like the big show there, you go sleep in your hotel room. You don't get to go diving in the Red River with the opening band hmm. with Dakota or Mon- Dakota something. This kid Dakota took us and we went and we saw Dekaiju from Alabama, one of the best bands on the road ever. Hmm. And it was just like if we were stuck somewhere, there's so many situations where it's like if we had a place to stay, we wouldn't have had the most fun mm. we possibly could have had in that shithole town. Yeah. You know, like we would have just gone off and been put in our cage and like fallen asleep watching Adult Swim like so many pudwacks out there. Mm-hmm. But instead, like I've slept outside in so many weird places. Mm. Or, on like, top of an eight hill. Yeah, dude. I mean, not literally that, but like I've slept on a pile of wood before with Brett Hiker. 
because hmm. we were both afraid of this place. Were you the mattress? No, dude. We were both, <laughs> we were both sleeping like on a pile of wood. And there was one pillow, and we kept stealing it back and forth from each other because we were afraid of this weird dance studio we were sleeping in. It was all mirrors and weird noises. <laughs> How many mushrooms were you on that time? Oh, no. <laughs> Too many? <laughs> Not any. It was just weird La Junta, Colorado whiskey. Uh. Have yeah. you ever gotten that like wanderlust where you haven't been on the road oh, God. enough? I have it right now. Really? I was in San you Francisco and then I went to New Orleans and now I'm going on the road with Nate Lund hmm. uh, the beginning of July for 11 days. Like I, I'm trying to book my life so I'm gone. I'm trying to take really? Kevin on a tour for a week in September. Hmm. Kevio Bevy. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I have a million nicknames. There's, there's, that's the beauty of the punk rock thing and like in comedy is like I grew up in punk rock where you create your own life. Yeah. Like everything, you're, you're responsible for your freedom. No one tells you what to do with your life. Hmm. Like you have to be in charge or else something cool will happen. Hmm. And like there's so many people out there who are artistic and stuff, but they're afraid to actually do anything. Whereas in, they at least want to talk about and like romanticize how they're a painter or a poet, but they fucking work at Panera Bread for 40 hours a week. Yeah, I think and, I'm one of those people, Sam. No, you do a podcast and yeah, you also run the Paragon Theater. So no, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Over, dude. There's a lot of posers out there. <laughs> you right? work at Panera Bread? I work at did you know, Panera yeah, Bread Theater. I just got that job. Uh-huh. She <laughs> did. You get me some broccoli Panera and cheddar theater, soon. Yeah. And guess what? She's on thin ice. Okay? <laughs> Trust uh, me. I'm, I'm under on the bus. If you like just me. show up on time, Taylor. Seriously. No, but I, I have. I've actually been talking about this. I've always had an office job. Mm-hmm. It's always safe. had the nine to five. Yeah, it feels. And very you have safe. a lovely apartment full of awesome shit. Well, exactly. But at the same time, I don't have all those stories that you have. No. Is this your way of asking to come on the road no, with no, Sam no, no. and I? No. What, what I want to say is get in the van, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, get in the van, dude. <laughs> the the thing that I think about when I think of the road is Joni Mitchell. Because she always has songs about the road. There's that album Hajira, which I actually have hanging up over there. Which is no all idea about what the you're road. talking about. That's cool, man. Okay. I'm gonna still talk about it. That's fair. Please do. <laughs> but she talks about being a slave to the white lines of the highway, mm-hmm. and there's something about that. That's my only. Like, you know, we go on road trips. You go on road trips, mm-hmm. you know, in your life as as a human being. Mm-hmm. But like being on the road and being out there in the world, exposed, yeah. and vulnerable, and not like with a secure nine to five thing. It sounds so, like we're saying, romantic and awesome and interesting, but... It's a lot of hard work. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't book know all if I my, could... I book all of our tours ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one's booking our stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, there's... It's easy to romanticize it. Yeah. Because that's all I have. All I have is from, from music is going, oh, the road must be incredible because all mm-hmm. these musicians sing about it and they all say it's, you know, they they think up songs on the road or they, sure. they have these experiences like you're saying and... But yeah, it sounds like I don't know. I don't know if I could I could handle all of that. Yeah, but I think about like all the bands that have the songs about how lonely the road is. That's true. You know, like Journey, the song <laughs> Faithfully, you know, like that's got the it's it's about the isolation of the road. They say that the road ain't no place to start a family Right down the line it's been you and me Love and a music man ain't always what it's supposed to be So even though it seems 
like certain songs will make it seem like, oh man, there's something great and I'm finding myself out there. Yeah. There's also all these songs where it's like, this is terrible. Like I would, I want to be home right now. I don't well, want to go. I don't want to go on stage. Well, now I know in you Peoria know, tonight, but you know all the words to that song because I, I know do. it's your karaoke jam. What? What? <laughs> I've related that experience though. That's what I'm saying. I've, yeah, you're like, no, I get this. This is, I get it. Because when I came, when I started doing comedy, like I all I wanted to do was somebody find me and take me on the road with them to be their opener because hmm. I because I've been traveling around through college the entire time and so I was like, well, now that I can do comedy, I can get paid to do this, mm-hmm. hmm. and then I quickly learn that common, it's terrible like well, it's also like no one does that either yeah it's like every one out of a hundred million exactly. comedians is like oh hey i'm steve hofstetter get in the van rob gleason exactly you know? <laughs> like that but not I, be grudging rob it gave him great great early leg work but yeah it never happens and then it sucks exactly <laughs> yeah. but like i had this idea in my mind mm-hmm. like when i got into it, i was like oh man because i always wanted to i always wanted to be like in a rock band that toured and was never very good no. and yeah. it's like now it's like i can tour and do the thing that I want to do and people are going to pay me money and it's like and I'm going to meet people and yeah. I'm going to drink too much and I it's going to be like the form, best days of our lives kind of you could have formed that jawbreaker cover band in exactly. your office <laughs> oh man uh-huh. sour patch kids yep <laughs> it's an all ukulele jawbreaker uh-huh. cover band no. but yeah I would, I, would, I would that's what I wanted and then I got it out and did a few shows and then have one nightmare uh, night and I was like I hate this like I want I would rather have been at home than but in that's because, Grand Junction Colorado that's because we're doing real deal road dog gigs so like old school like early say, 90s yeah. like late 80s hardcore road gigs like you get off the highway it sounds yeah, like yeah we're not in clubs yet we're not opening yeah. in colleges and stuff like we get to do those gigs but like we're like real deal like cutting our teeth features one nighter features. Everyone mm-hmm. bitches about being a headliner, but no one talks about the half hour that went on before they went it's on the stage worst. and had a pool cue broken over their head. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's it's bad. Yeah, hmm. I do. I think you only job. have you have seven minutes, and you're like someone's like you got a half hour. Yeah, like, I got yeah, half an hour. I got it. Yeah, sure. I got forty five if you need it. I got a lot of crowd work. <laughs> uh-huh. I can get pretty riffy. Mm-hmm. I have this premise that I think might be three minutes, but right. I haven't said it on stage yet. You actually have five. Yeah, you think you have seven, <laughs> and it's. I'm lucky if I got a tight two mm-hmm. at this point anymore. Inches, hello. Yay. Whoa! <laughs> See, that's out. why they lo- that's why they love you out there. I in the crush. Road. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I you, I can imagine you crushing Classic way harder than jokes. me. Open I do. Up. Put me in front of a bunch of oil workers, yeah. Native Americans. <laughs> I got it, man. Doesn't it's, matter. That's your crew. Oh, it does. Oh, <laughs> it's gross. But yeah, that song "Faithfully" isn't that all about like missing your girlfriend and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's every one of those road songs. The road is impossible. It's not impossible. Monogamy is a very, very hard and like sought after thing, I feel, because mm. comedians are lovers at heart and they want to be loved and In nurtured. Soul. Yeah. But like, oh man, it's hard to have a girlfriend. <laughs> it's hard. Period. It are you pent up right now? I'm very pent up. <laughs> I can see. My girlfriend's been gone for a week. Oh man, I just wish the listeners could see the look in your eye right oh, now. It's a desperate it's eye. <laughs> it's ready to pounce. Uh huh. I look like one of those. those Taylor, ones. quick, get behind the table. <laughs> Look like I'm waiting in line to get a job at the Tennessee Valley Authority. <laughs> like, like my kids have been hungry for weeks. You know, there's no opportunity out there. Just uh, uh you got come on FDR, <laughs> come home to daddy. Daddy wants Daddy's to feed. <laughs> oh, sugar nasty, I miss oh. you. Do you listen to Faithfully when you're on the road, Kev? Um, I did when I was coming back from Nebraska the other week. Really? I put it on. Oh, I made like a playlist of uh. 
I got. I was fascinated by songs by uh, musicians about being a magician. Magi- magician, ma- musician. <laughs> oh man, let's hear those songs. <laughs> yeah, the songs that. Are... Sometimes I'm a music- magician. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was up uh, close. It's the Tom Waits. Song. Yeah, <laughs> pull the ribbon out of the hat again. Soothsayer tricked me once more. <laughs> Come through town, Randy man. My fake eye. <laughs> <laughs> what about being? Put the cards oh, away. <laughs> <laughs> but I I love the concept of these guys, especially um, when the songs take place on the road. But just like let's song Beth by Kiss, oh, where yeah. it's like Beth, what can I do? Like <laughs> he's like the guys are calling. Oh, I got to get back out on the stage. Uh-huh. I don't. I'm sorry. And like that conflict. <laughs> yeah. I just and they're all like late seventies and early eighties yeah. songs. I just I really like those. Yeah. You have two ladies. You have your lady, and then you have you have the road, the yeah, muse. Yeah, and the worst yeah. part is is that the road. Like Clay, the the bassist in the, my band, my best friend talks about it. When you have a girlfriend, you're on the road, and you get out of the van after you've just driven across like the Sierra Nevadas, and all day has <laughs> been a beautiful like mindgasm, and everything's just you've just been like a raw nerve in the universe, just pulsing. Yeah. Then you have to call your girlfriend who's back home watching Dexter on Netflix. <laughs> you have to make the call, as it's known. And you're like, oh, what's going on? I just watched Dexter. Oh yeah, yeah. It's what what ep- what episode? Oh, it's uh, episode twelve. You guys got fire- you guys got fireworks? I'll be <laughs> right over. I'll be right over in this season. He's been yeah, he's been pretty good. No, he's good in everything. I love I love Lithgow. Yeah. He was so good on on uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah, from the sun. <laughs> and it's just like you're on so the. So what fo- are you doing? Oh, um, you know, just uh, we these 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 dudes traded us some beer uh, for some help on the side of the road, and now we're going cliff diving. I think uh, if if I can find my trunks. Oh yeah, I got a tattoo <laughs> as well this morning oh. over breakfast. BT Dubs. No, oh, cool. Well, I'll, I'm just gonna watch some more Dexter. So. Yeah. No, I miss you a whole. I miss you a whole bunch. Oh yeah. Right. Whoa! Look at that giant bong. <laughs> Click. Yeah, exactly. And it sucks. And you're like, what's going on in your life? Because mine rules right yeah, now. Yeah. Sorry. Have you been on the road with your girlfriend? Yes, I've been on the road with my girlfriend. She was in, she was one of seven people. Is that better or worse? Oh, so terrible. Really? Oh, so terrible. It was Marilyn. Why? Why would, would ha- I mean, I could guess, but I think it'd be funnier if you just told us what was so terrible about going on the road with your girlfriend. I don't know, man, because the intimate moments that you would want are impossible yeah. when there's six people also sleeping in the van. <laughs> and it's like, you can only get lost so many times in Seattle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> One time we got lost and told everyone we oh, anyway. So, they knew what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so that way, that's, that's the awful part. It wasn't there, like the relationship became strained when you're on the road, or was it just about putting it in each other? No, we didn't. There was no putting in each other. That's what I'm saying. Was there that was was the only frustrating part about it? No, it was also hanging out with your girlfriend in a box <laughs> in front of your friends. When you just want to like have fun and shit, and then she's like, oh, man, I'm cold. And you're like, how are you cold? And then like three hours later, you just haven't talked to her, but you're texting because <laughs> you can't argue in front of your boys, so you're like texting back and forth. Like, oh, why do you always do this? I'm paying for everything. It's resentful. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Have you been on the road with your girlfriend alone? I've, I've taken those boyfriend girlfriend road trips. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, those yeah, those are, are pretty fun. Those are wonderful. They can be. Mm-hmm. They can. I be. had I had a really good one uh, a couple weeks ago, oh, but yeah. I dated a girl a few years ago, and we we traveled quite a bit together because mm-hmm. we were together all through college, and it, I figured it out. We, every single trip we took, we fought. There wasn't a single trip that we took anywhere where we didn't get in a fight. And then I remember the very last one, 
it was the last road trip we took together after we pretty much agreed that we were breaking up and I was moving. <laughs> Still took this road trip like t- 10, 12 hours. That's genius. That's yeah. Super. Well, it's just, I don't know. You're, when you're codependent, you do a lot of things that well, don't make a lot enough. of sense. But so we're on this 10-hour road trip and we didn't fight because the whole time I was just like, I am not fighting this on this last <laughs> road. We are going to have one non-fight trip. Yeah, turn, then, you turn into your mom. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we get we get like... 30 minutes outside of St. Louis, and she says, why didn't you say anything to me about what's going to happen? And then I was like, because I didn't want to get in a fight with you on this last road trip, and she, then, she, then we got in a fight for the last 30 minutes Aww, about why, that's sad. because I was trying to avoid a fight. That's yeah. sad. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. That's Aww. the worst. But after, like, have, after coming from that, yeah. and then it's like anything would, like anything would be better. Yeah. Like with... Uh, the dynamics of like two people in a car. Even if I didn't speak to somebody for ten hours, <laughs> that would be better than like a fighting road trip. And I don't even want to be in the car with like my best friend for ten that's hours. True. Like like that's still kind of boring. Like I'm used to being in road trips where there's like a bunch of people in the van, or it's comedy. And then it's like just bite your tongue, mm-hmm. do your time, get the check. Yeah. See, I've never gone on road trips except either by myself or with one other person. Really, well, apart from your your basic family road trips, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But we always have a rule on my road trips. Well, maybe I make the rule, probably, which is that you got to go album to album. So if you're, whoever's playing the music, you play the full album front to back, and then the next person gets to choose the next album front to back. Yeah. You, know, you go back and forth. And one time with my legendary college boyfriend that I talk about all the time on the podcast, mm-hmm. we just did comedy albums back and forth. Oh. And it was radical. It was awesome. And and we eventually just ended up playing Tenacious D like six times in a row. Yeah. We, it was the, the era of the D. So What else were you listening to besides Tenacious well, D? Well, I had never heard a particular Adam Sandler album. Oh, which one? Uh, I don't remember which. It was the one where it was like, is this two dudes having gay sex or is this two dudes in a gym? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like back and forth and it was it was funny you know mm. he was like this is the greatest and i was like yeah it's, it's pretty funny it's funny for a middle school yeah let's go back to tenacious D. <laughs> it was yeah it was really it was funny hilarious the eighth grade bus. <laughs> yeah right right and i was playing him steve martin and stuff you know nice. he's like yeah this is pretty good I was like yeah yeah so you're one up in him with comedians well, you play you adam know. sandler and you'd be like Richard i also Pryor. knew all the words to the <laughs> tenacious d album so he made me keep doing all the words to all the albums because he thought it was hilarious so. that sounds like a fun road trip well we were in love you know you Sounds great. Life. Yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes. You know what sucks <laughs> is when uh, is when someone like when someone in the band's girlfriend makes a bunch of mixed CDs oh, and sends them really? with you. Oh, really? Yeah. That oh sucks. man. Oh, he plans it. Ooh, because it's her music, and then it's just like your buddy. Like, <laughs> ha- you ha- he has to listen to it well, at least all the way through yeah. once in yeah. front of you guys. Yeah. And he has to defend everything because he can't skip through. <laughs> he can never seed any points because this is his girlfriend's musical taste. One time. My buddy Clay DeHaan, who has the exact same musical taste as me, only his is a little bit better now. <laughs> he was defending Pink Floyd. To me, <laughs> his best friend, who has grown up detesting Pink Floyd, Jerry Garcia, everything that is shit and pomp and not rock and roll. We just grew up hating, and he was stuck in the position where we were in like the Catskill Mountains of Pennsylvania, hmm. and he had into the Poconos, and he was defending Pink Floyd <laughs> to me and Willie. God bless him. God bless him. But oh, it, <laughs> it filled me with an ire. What did I, he say? He, it's good stuff, man. All right, you just got to give it a listen. That's it. It's not fast. It's not fast like you're used to. 
And then he just kept leaning on how Sid Barrett was in Pink Floyd, and Pink Floyd was cool when Sid Barrett was in it. Well, that yeah, was one album. Yeah. Even it was cool stuff, and it rocked. Yeah. And then it all turned into the most pretentious masturbatory <laughs> bullshit ever caught on vinyl. Kevin's nodding his head. Oh, man, oh, it's yeah. so bad. I the agree. wall, grow up. Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> God, the only reason you liked Dark Star of the Moon is because of the guy who sold you pot when you were younger and like had a motorcycle and used to let you smell his fingers. That guy told you <laughs> that Dark Star of the Moon was cool, and you're like, yeah, it's still, dude, fucking legendary Ronnie loved it, you know? <laughs> fucking filthy Daryl had it, had it tattooed on his wrist. I must admit, I think that's probably why I would defend Pink Floyd, only because I've known so many guys who I, I love who love Pink Floyd. Like yeah. my dad, you know, and sure. like a lot of, you know, like, yeah, it's the best. My dad. Doesn't do does not have it no? in his no. My dad has the best taste in music. My dad <laughs> used to pump the gnarliest rock and roll. Mm. Zappa's apostrophe, like oh. oh yeah, from the get go. Man, so like London Calling was a definitive part of my childhood. Nice, my dad. You know that's no what way. you guys would listen to. My dad would put on London Calling like uh, on a road trip, like with the whole family, like in oh. the minivan. Christmas morning. London calling to the faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. My dad would blast the Sex Pistols on Christmas morning. What? Zappa. Oh Damn. man, Deep Purple. Sometimes, like, and my mom would be like, David, David, no. David, put on, put on the fun ones. <laughs> and my dad and her would like argue at Christmas morning. My dad would be like, it's not Christmas unless we're listening to Ted Nugent. <laughs> we need Catch Catch Fever right now. <laughs> and he was cool. He'd let me listen to like, my dad was the coolest. He supported all types of my dumb music. He'd take me to like wax tracks and hmm. buy me all these really awful samplers. One time my dad bought me this sampler that ended up being, it, we'd put it in, put it in a CD and turned it on and it was just Hitler giving this terrible hate speech. <laughs> All in German. And my dad looks at me and he picks up the CD case and he flips it over and he pops out the CD and he puts it back in the case and he throws it out the window. He says, well, we blew it on that one. It was all Nazi, it was all Nazi hardcore. It was like screwdriver and step by step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And he was totally cool about it. It happens sometimes. Yeah. I, I always used to get samplers at the record store too because they were like four dollars. Yeah. It's the only thing I could afford when exactly. I was like fourteen. And you would get like thirty-five different songs. Yeah, like get Asian Man record mm-hmm. samplers, Kung Fu record samplers. Dude, all perfect. There was all these German ska samplers that used to come into America, and they would always be at uh, Michelangelo's. What was that old records? That old early CD place? It was like Antonio's or Angelo's. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I think it was Angelo's. And they would always be in there, and we would get them, and man, they were all the same song, but they were so cool. Like, <laughs> what does German ska sound like? It sounds like, uh, it sounds is like it madness. Just hit, is it a Hitler hate speech? No, it with... could be. It's all in German, but it's got a rocking two-tone <laughs> beat. <laughs> it could be, it could be, How do you the say, Holocaust never happened. How do you say, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up in German? Uh, I don't know. Was, I figure you just sort of heard it. There was a lot of, huin, huin. <laughs> that noise was, I think that was their oi. If any listeners <laughs> has the answer to that, please email yes, us. Yes, please send, I, I want to find a clip. Mm-hmm. German ska, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Please do. <laughs> Rock and Marty in the Boot Brigade. That was a that was a thing. Rock and Marty in the Boot Brigade. Yeah. Uh huh. Wow. Do you still have this? No, I don't. Uh, my mom cleared out all my old terrible music. Uh, all my Adam and his package. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. 
<laughs> I don't I, know why I, less than I thought Jake. that was good. Oh, yeah, a lot of less than Jake. Man, luckily I found The Damned when I was 16. <laughs> it yeah. was all over. See, I don't think I, I ever got into punk early enough to really like it. Didn't never it never took hold. You know? Oh man! Like I, I like was, it, but it's never like in my soul. Oh, I man. was a cliche about it. I got damn, damn, damn. The next day, me and Clay went and bought Damage by Black Flag and the Minor Threat discography, hmm. and it was all over. And then it was like Bad Brains, hmm. just oh, Crow Mags. Tight. Oh, oof, I get a boner. <laughs> I'm gonna put a hole in this lovely mahogany right. table. It, it can handle We've, it. You're, yeah. You are pent up. I'm We've all, established that. I don't know what to do. I'm like a 311 song over here. <laughs> Bring it all back around. Yep. <laughs> Reference you can get. Well, Sam, you uh, when you mentioned New Orleans earlier, you went with your entire family. Hell yeah. Kind of curious what that experience is like, especially. It seems like you come from a very tight knit family and going on these road trips when you're younger. And now, as an adult, you guys still go on these trips yeah. together too. I love hanging out with my mom and dad. My dad's sober. My mom likes to party. Uh, my sister <laughs> is an animal, a little maniac. And we were all in New Orleans together. It was cool. I rolled a Bible, pa- Bible, Bible paper joint at like 6 a.m. after my sister and I were like, my sister and I killed an entire gallon of whiskey Holy and like eight geez. tall boys each. Oh. And then we went to the bar with our mom's credit card. <laughs> and it was like, in one night? In one night, dude. Whoa. Yeah, not like, dead. Yeah, no, not dead. My sister goes hard in the paint. I love Dang. her to death. And uh, and it was up at like 6 a.m. rolling this really expensive weed we found in front of my mom. And she was like, you rolled it up pretty well. <laughs> she didn't smoke it or anything. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Wow. And I get to talk to my dad. Like they're very open and odd on conversations with my father. who was like the funniest guy in the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's blaring Zappa the entire time. No, he's down there really going on a Zydeco kick, actually. We got nice. a lot of squeeze box music while we were there. It was mm, fun. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zydeco's cool, man. Yeah. Man. It's like conjunto wow. music from Mexico. I have no idea what that is. It's because the Germans brought in the uh, the squeeze Oh box. yeah, 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 yeah. They brought it into the, the panhandle there when uh-huh. they came over. So that's why all of West Texas uh, golf music is that conjunto music. Yeah, yeah sounds, no, it sounds, sounds like polka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's it's also like a Mexican Zydeco, polka. which is just like you know a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah. But it's two four. Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. grandparents love the accordion. It's beautiful. Yeah. Chris Charpentier's roommate Matthew Martella was like, "I'm gonna learn accordion." Six days later, I swear to God, he could open for the vodka. I was listening to him today. It's insane. It's, that kind of like good. mental, like just determinedness. Yeah. Where you're just like, I'm gonna teach my fingers and mind to do something that they've never done before, and like yeah. a week later, you're like proficient. It looks like the hardest instrument. I know. Play. Yeah. It seems like your head would pop. It's like a stroke inducer. Well, and there's a million ways to play it too, because I mean, it's mm-hmm. from with your feet, with your every, elbows. Every country in, in in Europe started, you know, some sort of accordion music. They're all made in yeah. Italy, apparently. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was like riding on a gondola today. Yeah, you know. Playing. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh man. You have just yeah, you're about to get uh, typhoid from the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're getting charged. Uh, your girlfriend's probably gonna go blow someone after this. Yeah, Some Italian it's, guy. That's usually how it works. Yep. <laughs> that gondola ride. <laughs> I'll always remember. That's that what gondola my bedroom's ride. called. The gondola, <laughs> the gondola ride. ride. <laughs> 
Back That's my one joke, you guys. Yes. That's my your, one joke. Your energy corner, your I mom set up. Yeah, 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 totally. Taylor told me that her mom arranged the feng shui in here yep. so she could... Uh, bang dudes. Bang dudes. Put the apex of her sex drive in her in her bedroom in her energy really? corner. Yeah, yeah, that's the love corner right over yeah. there. There's things in pairs, and there's two gigantic trees right outside of the love. Two corner. very phallic Man. trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I see it. You a little uncomfortable now? No, I'm nubbed. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with it. Doesn't bother me at all. Oh my. Well, I think this has been a pretty good show. This has been a pretty damn good show. Let's see shameless plug. Yeah. Sam, you got anything coming up you want to let the people know about? I mean, Monday Night Lions Lair, Tuesday Squire, Wednesday Deer Pile. Too much fun. Fun Gentleman's Club. <laughs> I, wish, I wanted you to get business cards made that just has all that on there. Just I wanted to say Dream Maker Risk Taker. Because <laughs> then I can give them to people and if they call me, I never want to work with them. I never want to work, work with anyone who would want to work with someone who is self-proclaimed Dream Maker Risk Taker. I want to tell that one story, the reason you asked me on the show real quick. Oh, Red yeah, okay. Black. Red versus Black. You asked me about my quintessential road story. Red yes, versus that's Black right. is on the road in Lansing, Michigan. We've, uh, we're out of money, of course, because we're Red versus Black and we're on the road. <laughs> we play this socialist, uh, this socialist like compound <laughs> and, uh, and they anti capitalists and we play with these, you know, this, these kids. And then afterward, these guys in fedora hats are like, we want to talk to you about your capitalist views and like your, your views, your post capitalism, whatever. So they go through and they're like, "Hey, so tell me about your views." And they ask, they ask Clay, and Clay's like, "Well, I'm kind of like a post, I'm a post Trotskyite, you know. <laughs> I, I believe in the proletariat, but I don't think you can always, always be right. I think there's, there's definitions on that. So I had to say, yeah, I'm kind of a post Trotskyite. And then they're like, "Oh, what about you, Willie?" And Willie's like, "Well, I kind of adhere to the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Marxist. I still believe that capital is blood." And uh, I believe that we need to destroy the state to rid us of the class war that is so rampant. And then they turn to me and they're like, Sam, what are you? What are you? Uh, what are you? What are you into? I said, Well, I, uh, I have T-shirts for seven dollars <laughs> and CDs for five. Um, and that, that's my views. Cars don't run on ideas, people. Right? We have to be in Pittsburgh tomorrow. Thank you. And that's my favorite road oh, story. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Right. Sam, thank you so much for coming thank on the show. Thank you so much, Sam. This show awesome. rules. Take that, Denver diatribe. Whoa. Start we didn't, to, we didn't I like to whip it up. Yeah. Because they haven't had me Race war. That's what you want. <laughs> no war but class war. Class war, right? <laughs> so punk rock. There is no so. race war, Kevin. That's class warfare. The state invented race war. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sam. Thanks, thank Sam. you, guys. This was lovely.